Hey guys, Coach Ben here, and you are listening to The, the Benchcast. <laughs> and our guest today is Zach <clears throat> Jones. He's one of my online lifters, and he came all the way from Oklahoma. Not I Texas. I keep saying Texas, but it's actually <laughs> Oklahoma. And the two are pretty close, right? I'm not good at geography, but... <laughs> yeah, right. sort of. Well, they're they're like on top said? of each other. Right. Yeah, about two hours to the border. We got a similar region. I know New right. York, I know California, everything in between, I don't know, right. Florida, I know where that is, Yeah, but that's about it. Uh, how was your flight over here? It was pretty good, not too bad at all. Not bad, so. you were able to fall asleep on the plane or whatever? Do my best. I can't sleep on planes, forget it. Oh, I can't I am, I am not really. sleeping. Yeah. I'm just, I'm fearful for my life when I get on a plane. <laughs> I'm just thinking of every single thing that can go wrong, just because the thing is, if, if something happens to you on the ground... It's going to happen quick. You're not even going to see it coming. But if something happens to you in a plane, not to freak you out because you're flying tomorrow, it's a long way down. You know? oh. So you got a good two minutes to contemplate right. what's about to happen. You know not to freak you out. You know he's going to fly back, right? <laughs> he's flying yeah. back tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, um, I was supposed to get my connecting flight in Charlotte. So I had to call and say, yeah, I'm not doing that. Can I go somewhere else? So it's going through Dallas. The past... Six flights I've had through that airport, like uh, either been canceled or delayed or something like that. Yeah, so like I, pain in the ass. yeah, I, I'm used to either sleeping on the plane, sleeping in airports, or uh, you don't yeah. have a choice. You got to sleep sometime and you get it done <laughs> right. the plane. Um, yep. So how's, how's New York? I mean, uh, you've been here before, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many times you visited now? This is my sixth, I think. Sixth time. Yeah. All right. So you've been here quite a bit of times. Uh, how do you like the city? Because you're usually in the city for work, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, the past honest, times I've always with us. been in uh, lower Manhattan. I'm in Midtown this time. All right. Um, it, like, it's not bad, really. What, I mean, what things it's, do you like about it, and what are some things you don't like as much? So, I like the history part of it. Okay. So, in college, I uh, majored in history. So, the historical aspect, especially, like, you know, being down on Wall Street, Stuff like that, I, I find that really cool yeah. and whatever. Um, the crowdedness kills me. Though. Yeah, that yeah. that get me too. Right. I, especially if they're doing uh, some construction <clears throat> near a building or whatever, and they, they block off some of that sidewalk, you're just <clears throat> in a massive crowd of people. I remember yep. uh, going one year to see the Christmas tree. We were actually talking about that a little bit earlier. Um, I like to go every year, see that big-ass tree they put out there. And I have never seen... A place so crowded for such a big area. I was literally just rubbing up on people. It that especially if you go near <laughs> Christmas time, you are just rubbing on people. Yeah. You actually have whoever you're with, you're holding them because you will just get separated. <laughs> Everyone is just rubbing on you, and I can't stand it because you're already you're in these uh, winter clothes, and you're already mm. so hot. You're around people, but then when you get away, it's cold again. So it's just like it's a horrible mix. You want right. to take everything off. You're just rubbing on people. But I definitely hear you there. Yeah, definitely hear you there. Like out of all the cities I've ever been to, I'd say New York is the most compact whenever it comes to people. Yeah, you know, um, I'm like, sure that's the truth if you look at the population. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Go. So much in that little area of Manhattan. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Like Too when. Much for me. You're walking uh, downtown and you can't even see the sun because the buildings are so tall. Yeah, that's insane to me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? the shock value at first, you know, someone coming from Massachusetts, 
it's it's pretty crazy. I remember we took my dad out there. Um, I don't know if it was his first time ever, but he got out of the subway and he looked up and just like I've never like seen him just so puzzled, just looking around like where the hell am I? That's kind of <laughs> how I was too. It's just the yep. shock value at first. It's just big buildings. Uh, now I'm I'm pretty used to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I much I, I think Boston's more my, my pace. A lot of sports fans just. More, more area. More spread um, out. You don't know where you're driving, though. We went down a four-way road once. but um, <laughs> So I wanted to get into you came came by tonight. We did some training. Mm-hmm. Um, that went really well. He got up to a 435, a two-board. Um, so we did some little bit of HQ training. It was nice having you out here, being able to visit. You know, coming from out, uh, out in Oklahoma. I always try, at least when I'm traveling, to uh, visit our, our lifters on the team. But it was nice you were able to come out here in business, yeah. make the trip out. Um, and you're you're sure to bench, you're a quick mm-hmm. guy. Uh, do you do any full power stuff, or is it mostly bench? Now? It's mostly bench. Okay. Yeah. I um, like you here, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I train in squatting and deadlifting every now and again. Mm-hmm. Really, it's just so I can keep my leg strength up for benching. Yeah, and we've been, uh, we've been putting that in your programming lately, yeah. getting in some, some deadlift and uh, squat work. Because it does hold a lot of value, yep. you know, at least keeping up with your leg strength, keeping your hips hips good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always really important to go through those movements. Yeah. So, uh, you're a multiply guy, and we've we've had some people on the show that compete equipment, but for those who don't know, yeah, it's that tight compression shirt. Um, typically, if you watch my lifts at all, too, is, is that's what I'm using is the bench shirt. It's just another division of lifting, and you've been doing this for a while. Uh, you've been doing uh, like raw lifting. You transitioned over to multiply. When do you when do you do each? I've actually only competed in uh, sharded, oh, so I've never forever. competed. Yeah, never raw. Never raw. No. Well, whenever um, I first started powerlifting, which was in um, the oct- or October of two thousand, is when I started this. Um, there wasn't raw powerlifting. It was a gear to nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, raw powerlifting didn't come around until. I think it was 2007, 2008, which is about the same time that I was stepping away from actually competing. Yeah. So now that I've come back in, you know, what, year and a half, two years ago or so, like I just stepped right back into a shirt and never went into raw. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people don't realize that because it's such a big boom now. Right. That powerlifting is just so, I wouldn't say mainstream, it's not ESPN <laughs> or nothing, but... Uh, way bigger than it was. Definitely picked up a lot of popularity. Or, you know, yeah. I also hear, too, maybe it's not as big now as it was, but with social media like it is now, you're just seeing it so much, too. Mm-hmm. But um, either way, it's definitely grown, and no one really knew what equipped lifting was. They they shook it off, made fun of it, and whatnot for, for quite a while. Now I'm seeing the transition back over into more multi, uh, Multiply, and... Uh, then no one really realizes that back then, when you were competing in early 2000 and whatnot, it was only, it was only uh, gear lifting. Yeah. There was no raw. Um, I've, uh, Mark Henry, I know, uh, Adam, our team, he referenced Mark Henry as being one of the first dudes just to do these lifts raw and actually compete with the multiply guys. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't a thing. And right. now most people, I think it's just the uh, simplicity of it, because when you're multiply, you need all these people around you. Um, you know, keep you safe and help you with the shirt. I can tell you, I was helping you get the belt on. You know, yeah. It's hard to even get a belt on yourself. But, um, yeah, not, a lot of people don't even realize that, but it wasn't around and, and mm-hmm. that you've been competing in the shirt this whole time and it's just what you're used to. 
Yeah. Yeah, and... What draws you to the shirt rather than Roth? The white. The weight. Yep. Pushing, pushing the bigger <laughs> white. Why yep. less and you can lift more? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and like I started out with it, that's what I know. You know, um, everybody that I ever competed with, that's all they've ever competed in up until recently. Now, the guys I work out with now all compete raw. I'm the only sharded bencher that we have. Um, But before then, I mean, it was geared or nothing, you know? They don't see what you're lifting, and then they want to do that too? They don't get intrigued? Every now and again? Okay, so... um, one of the guys I compete with, he he started working out maybe four years ago with us, right? So he's in his mid-50s, and he did his very first meet back in May. And all, all he does is deadlift. So he doesn't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he just deadlifts, and his first meet was in May. We did a meet down in Dallas at the beginning of August, and he actually... Uh, deadlifted in a multiply suit so he's transitioning over a little bit yeah i I think so and i think with him he's like well you know with my age and everything else records in uh the organization that we're in uh i think it's around 500 he's like dude i can do this in a suit why not just break it yeah yeah i I agree let's do it man Yeah. yeah it might as well right um, what what do you think intrigued his interest? It was probably that record, and he he just started just saying, "I'm mm-hmm. gonna go for it." Yeah, that's awesome. It's... I see a lot of people in the gym um, that they'll see me or someone else try on a bench shirt for the first time, and they're like intrigued <laughs> by what it is, and you know it's not slingshot, and they wanna they wanna go for it, and they see that you can actually compete in this, whereas like a slingshot you can't compete in, um, and then they mm. get intrigued by that, and then I've just seen it kind of grow. Then uh, I said the trouble is that you need to have a crew around, so I'm seeing it grow within crews. If you're at a commercial gym, you're kind of limited with right. what you can do. Um, but definitely within these strength crews out there, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot more of that too, just people getting together with other like-minded powerlifters, even mm-hmm. if it is a commercial gym, right. and um, you know, adopting more of this equipment, yep. which has been definitely really interesting. Yeah, um, whenever I transitioned out of the gym that I was in, or that I'm in now. So I started there in 2000, and then about 2008, um, life got in the way, and me and another guy transitioned to a commercial gym. And so it was just us as powerlifters, commercial gym, and we'd been benching in shirts for years by that point. And he's like, man, I don't like the stairs that we're getting in here. He's like, everybody looks at us like we're nuts and (laughs) this and that. So, like... Just basically got out of shirts for a decade and then back in. Yeah, oh, that's how it goes. I mean, you're going to get mm-hmm. a lot of looks. Even when I'm telling lifters, hey, throw on a yoga mat, throw on a band on this bench, because <clears throat> literally you're not going to be able to do anything that we're talking about unless you do that because you need that traction to the pad mm-hmm. and just the looks you might get from throwing a yoga mat on the pad. Right. No one really understands that. Um but, you know, that's what you get at commercial gyms. It's just a blend of all different lifting types. And yep. Mostly lifters just going in there, kind of bodybuilding style, how mm-hmm. we all started pretty much. I know when I originally started, it was, uh, I was on the go in and max out program. <laughs> <laughs> and at work for deadlifts, that got me to my 400, but um, then I quickly realized once I kept smashing my back to pieces <laughs> that that wasn't too smart. 
<laughs> but that's how we all started out, right? Yeah. I mean, is that your experience? Just kind of going the max out every week program starting out? So a little did bit. did you, you uh, fall into a fortunate circumstance where you had, like, some coaches around or, or a good training crew that helped you on? Um, so I actually started lifting when I was 15. And I got all of my lifting knowledge from Flex Magazine and Muscle Mag and anything else I could get, you know. So I was always reading, well, here's a great program for your arms. Here's a great one for your back or chest or whatever. And then, um, so I kind of went down that road as, yeah. well, I want to be a bodybuilder. And then I quickly figured out I don't have the genetics for this. Yeah, um, that's what I did too, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then just kind of fell into uh, powerlifting from there. Yeah, so. I, uh, I went a similar route. Like I wanted to bodybuild Red Arnold's Psychopedia. I think everyone has that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone has to have that. That kind of gets you into lifting. And um, so I started bodybuilding, I guess, and then I realized I'm just kind of fat. I'm just going <laughs> to keep embracing it and lift a lot more. <laughs> yeah. And that went a lot better. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely understand you there. There's no social media back then. Yeah. This is... I, I don't want to. I don't want to date you too much. Is this pre-internet? Like I don't know when the internet started popping out. <laughs> Very close. Yeah. Very close, right? Yeah. So I mean, not like it was today. You got Facebook, all these YouTube. Oh yeah. Lots of ways to learn. Right. Yeah. So like I, uh, um, whenever I went to college, I guess it was when blogs really started up, right? So I started getting more information about powerlifting and technique from looking at Elite FTS when it first started, but then uh, I think it was Bench Monster um, actually had a blog, and there were a lot of powerlifters on there that were talking about technique and saying, hey, go look at this article that's in Powerlifting USA and a few other things. And so, like, I really started digging in there and learning, but, yeah, it wasn't anything like it was now. I mean, I remember when E-Bombs World came out. You know? <laughs> YouTube didn't get big till like, 08. Yeah. And you start getting, like, actual people on there. Right. Really not too long ago. Yeah. If you think about it. Like, I think the first videos on there were of street fights, if I'm not mistaken. I remember weird stuff. Just weird stuff people wanted to watch was entertaining. It's like someone's, like, eight-second clip on their, like, you know, potato phone. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, Powerlifting USA was a really big thing. Yeah, it was. And I really enjoyed because I worked at Barnes & Noble for for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And, um... I remember just picking up issue after issue on my break and just reading them, and they were really interested, and that's how you found out about the rankings. There was no ranking system online. Oh, yeah. It was Powerlifting USA. Yep. Uh, and I uh, I wish that magazine was still around. Just, that was that was like really cool, just yeah. being on the cover with some of those guys and just the articles about them. Right. Um, it's, it's too bad that kind of went away. Yep. And they talk about technique and... Nutrition, when nutrition for powerlifting was, you know, basically, how many cheeseburgers can I eat? Yeah, it's so. like my diet. Yeah. <laughs> Works. Yeah. Yeah, I was so. just telling you, um, I definitely cleaned some things up uh, as of recent, but I, I was telling you earlier, too, um, how I gained 30 pounds to uh, just tighten up my shirt instead of just getting a new shirt. I was like, yeah, I'm going to gain some weight. And those, those shakes I was making, easily 3,000 calories before bed. Yeah, um, yeah, it, but the lifts went up. So the <laughs> health tanks, your lifts go up. Whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you travel a lot, right? Mm-hmm. We, we were talking about how you're just always going about. What, what do you do for work, Yeah. So I'm a healthcare IT consultant. Um, 
short way of uh, explaining it to people is I make up a bunch of stuff, and I make it sound really good. <laughs> like that, that's my job. a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you got to travel a lot for that, right? Yeah. And, and how long you gone at a time? I know you've been here for a week. Uh, it varies. Sometimes I'm in and out on the same day. Sometimes, um, like this week, I flew in on Monday. I'm flying out tomorrow, which is Friday. A uh, week before last, I flew in to Iowa on Sunday. I didn't leave until I think it was Friday night or so. And it just kind of depends on contracts and what our clients need and want. So that's got to pose a really interesting situation in terms of lifting because you're just so uh, invested in your lifting, but you're always out traveling. It's yeah. got to be hard because you're not always there with your normal crew. Right. Oftentimes you're probably going to commercial gyms. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you deal with not only finding places, but uh, just the motivation that comes with that, getting yourself when you're out in an unfamiliar place, getting yourself to want to even go to the gym yeah. and train. How do you deal with that stuff? So, like, I I make this a priority. Like we were talking about earlier, um, when I first met my wife, I had told her from the very beginning, look, powerlifting is who and what I am. Like, I, I can't separate myself from what I do whenever it comes to powerlifting, right? So that's going to be a priority, and I carry that over into traveling. So a lot of people, whenever they travel, they'll do one of two things. They're either going to go to dinner and go right back to their room and stay. Like, I don't know how many people I've traveled with. That That's, that's what they do. That's the norm, yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Or you have those who'll go out and sightsee and whatever, which I try doing on my non-workout nights. Yeah. But I will actually book my travel around my workouts. Okay. And so... Let's say I have to be at a client on Tuesday, right? I'll fly in on Monday, and then I don't care how early Monday morning I have to leave as long as I can be in the city or wherever I'm going to be at by 3 o'clock so I can be in a gym by 5. All right. Now, you're just so uh, deeply invested in this sport and competing, and it's just what you've been doing for so long that, uh, I mean, I guess you don't even need to search for any motivation. It's just you're going to find a way to get it done yeah so okay last night while i was in the city right like i really really wanted to um go out and sightsee like i wanted to play the tourist thing mm-hmm. then it started raining and there's a um what is it, a new york sports club i think right yeah. across from my hotel so i'm staring at it i'm like i i can go buy an umbrella and i can sightsee or i can actually go over here to the gym and do my leg workout which is what i'm probably supposed to do and it took me about 15 minutes to actually make that decision to yeah. go to the gym. But, <laughs> I mean. It's tough. You got all that stuff you could potentially be doing, right. too. And it's like training's in, like it's just an everyday. It doesn't really matter what gym you're in. It's not like you're sightseeing the gym. So it's just <laughs> yeah. another day at work. So right. I'm sure like a lot of those gyms twice. you don't want to sightsee twice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of them, no. Yeah. Now, some, gyms, some gyms are cool. Like, I'm, I'm going out in Texas in October. <laughs> And I'm definitely going to try reaching out to Tiny, uh, Tiny Meeker, and try to at least try to get down to his gym, see yeah. what I can do there. But um, definitely making that part of my trip. Right. Anytime I can travel, like getting with anyone on our team, um, meeting up, <coughs> or, or being able to train in a different gym, especially with a guy like Tiny Meeker, mm-hmm. uh, I would love to be able to take advantage of that opportunity. Um, so it sounds like kind of same with you. You're going to try to find those types of gyms yeah. or get out the train. Right. Um, but do you feel like you feel like you get enough out of seeing the city? Like, 
you, you, part of you wish you went out and, and saw some things, or are you just satisfied with your training? Like, what's the deal? Uh, you know, actually, I wish I wouldn't have started raining, um, because I've been here, like I said, what, six times now? Mm -hmm. And, like, I really haven't been able to see the city that much, um, because I really didn't care to venture out. And with me being in Midtown um, and being so close to Times Square and everything, uh, I was just like, you know what, screw it, I'm actually going to sightsee this time. Um, so it didn't happen. But, like, sometimes if I'm somewhere else, say, um, middle of nowhere in Colorado, then I'll make a point to skip a workout and instead do my workout by hiking in the mountains or doing something like yeah, that. Something active. Yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So, I mean, it seems like your motivation is just pretty intrinsic at this point. Like, you don't have to really think about that too much, which is awesome. And I'm sure everyone would like to get to those types of places. And it just comes from consistency. You know, you've just been doing it for so long. Right. That's just what you're going to do. Uh, I know, too, like a lot of people kind of regret not seeing as much as they, they could have when they had the opportunity to travel. But I mean, you're still, at the end of the day, I mean, it's still work for you. It's just you have the opportunity to be in some new locations. That's pretty right. cool. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is still work. And if you didn't want to go and travel and sightsee, you could always do that. Right. At some other time, vacations, whatever. Yeah. Like, if I was taking a vacation to Miami or, you know, going overseas, something like that, then I might do a quick workout in the gym, like the hotel gym. Mm -hmm. Other than that, yeah, I'm going to be sightseeing. But whenever I'm traveling for work... Yeah, this, this is coming first. It's like anyone so. else who just goes to the gym right after work. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I, I do it whenever I come home from work when I'm, you know, back home. Yep. So why not do it here? Your office just changes so. week by week or so. Right. Yep. So, uh, I want to ask you, how do you, uh, how'd you hear about Big Benches and our whole online coaching program? I think originally um, you reached out to me, I think, via email. You might have been over an Elite FTS article I did. Yep. I had some program on that. Feel like that was it, right? Yeah. You saw the article and everything. Yep. So I actually ran across one of your articles in Elite FTS. I think it was last summer. So I've been reading uh, Elite FTS almost every single week for God, I don't know how many years. Um, and then I ran across one of your articles um, on how to increase your max. You know, and and so I've been doing that for about the past year. Or so, um, yeah. because I, I know that in order to increase my uh, shirted bench, I have to get my raw bench up. And, like, I've never been satisfied with my raw bench at all. So I followed your program, got pretty good gains off of it. And then you wrote an article about doing shirted bench. And then at the end of it, you said, hey, if anybody who benches in a shirt, you guys have questions, email me. So I, I thought about it for a while. It actually took me a couple weeks to think about it. I was like... You know what? Yeah, I got a couple of questions for you. You know, so how how will I change percentages here and yeah, there? Yeah, you emailing about making some adjustments. Yeah, you know, because I think um, a good majority of that particular <clears throat> program was was geared around raw. It was like a raw peaking cycle, and I think you wanted to see how you could modify it a bit for the shirt. And uh, so I I did that for you. So that's interesting. You are you're reading the articles and everything. Mm -hmm. um, that was that was a great opportunity because I was reading them for a long time. And I was like, hey, I'm just going to put out some content for everyone, hopefully, you know, impact some people. And it's nice to know, you know, people are reading them, trying to program, so that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to kind of get some content out there. Um, so then you reached out to start working with our team. 
Mm -hmm. uh, what have what has your experience been like so far with that? Dude, I've made more gains over the past couple of months than I have in probably about the past year, year and a half. Um, like we were talking earlier, you know, with me um, coming off a of hernia surgery, like I just kind of plateaued. And like I know a lot of that's been mental and everything, but my lifts weren't going up either, right? So whenever um, I hooked up with you and really started working in a shirt more and whatever, my, yeah, my uh, shirt adventure is where it was almost eight years ago, which it's kind of sad to say, yeah, it's taken me eight years to get back to where I was. But, you know, after injuries and laying off, I mean, I'm happy with it. Yeah, yeah. So. Time is, I always say, the long game. You know, you gotta <laughs> yep. be prepared to just be in it for the long haul, and you know, progress will come as progress <clears throat> comes. Uh, I think the the big thing is just having someone to take the reins a little bit and to push you to that next level mm -hmm. is just as important as anything. Right. You know, having someone to hold you accountable, be like, we need to push to this level, send out specific things, and mm -hmm. um, because when you train alone. And, uh, you know, you're left to your own devices. It, it's tough to just keep pushing ahead. And a lot of it is right. really mental. A lot yeah. of it is very mental. Um, you just need to need that push. So I think that more than anything has been real important for you. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of having that extra push. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've been telling you over and over that you, you're really capable of a lot more than you, you think you are. Um, and I know you're going to end up seeing that potential. You just gotta keep pushing ahead. Yeah. Um, what? So, like, what has um, what has like uh, the the experience of having the coaching and and you know, everyone on the team to see uh, how how's that been so far? Because I know a lot of people um, versus in person, online's a whole kind of different world with yeah. the videos and all that. Uh, one thing I like to pride myself on is just trying to give as much technical feedback as possible and mm -hmm. deliver it in a way. That's like step by step, not giving you too much to think about. Yeah. I think that's a problem is everyone starts to just look at the actual pressing of the movement and mm -hmm. never dissects <clears> it from the roots, like setting up and all that. Right. Um, so how's that experience been? Because I know people are a little hesitant to send in video and then receive yeah. that. I, I like it. I mean, with me being the only shirt adventure, um, a lot of times it's really hard for me to get any cues on techniques or anything like that. And so having somebody to actually watch video, to me, it helps a lot, yeah. you know? So you need that, that technical feedback. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, like, I think it was Dave Tate that I heard mention that if you want to go to the next level, so if you're an intermediate lifter and you want to go into the advanced stage, then your best bet is to find you a coach. You know, and that's basically where I was at. I was like, yeah, I, I know that I can compete in the intermediate stage and whatever, but that's not where I want to be. I want to be up there with the big boys. Yeah, and, yeah. like, I've got to take that jump. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, so you came in tonight, and we went over quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I wanted to – I try not to throw too much at lifters. I'm always big on that, but, you know, it's a rare opportunity we get you in here. So, I mean – see the yeah. board here i made a little checklist of some things definitely wanted to work on what are some things you took away from tonight's training in general um no technical points and all that that you're going to continue to work on so really uh, getting the upper back tightness rolling my shoulders down like yeah. that that was definitely huge like i can feel that you know uh, yeah especially in a shirt rolling down um 
taking away range of motion, or at least that's the way it feels. You yeah, know, so to me, that's huge. And for everyone listening, and I guess you can see, uh, if you watch on the YouTube, you're taking your, you're talking about when you're saying like rolling the shoulders down, you got your pinch and tuck, and then you're taking like literally your shoulder blades, and while you're in that bench setup, you're trying to drive your shoulder blades down towards your hips, um, and we were doing it to get you to activate. You can feel your lats lock up. Yeah. All the way down when you're really doing it. And the thing is, too, on that takeout, you're going to experience that cut and range of motion. I know mm. a lot of people comment on my videos when they see me, they, they take the weight out and it sinks. It's not mm. from softening the elbows. And I'm always wondering, like, what's that coming from? And that's just traveling out with the weight with your shoulder <laughs> blades, really tightening up that back as the weight comes out. Mm -hmm. And you kind of experience some of that today, how that yeah. weight almost wants to sink a little bit. And you were saying you mm. feel like even like cut an a inch off that range a good amount. Yeah. That's huge. That's yeah. super huge. Cutting an inch off a of range of motion. That's big time. I mean, we talk about all those little details of the setup, and that's just hoping to cut fractions. You know, if you can feel like you cut a half an inch, an inch off a of range of motion by that, that's that's big time. And I feel a lot of people are missing out on that. You get the leg drive, right? You got the bending of the bar, but a lot of that upper back tightness is missing. Yeah. So you connect it with that real well today, yep. right? Yeah, I like um, that. So yeah, how how do you like the uh, the environment in here? Dude. Smaller smaller area, but uh, we get after it. Yeah, no, I I like it definitely. Uh, so yeah, we're set up to bench, and uh, we have some we have some good sessions in here. But uh, it was it was real great to have you down. Um, I want to talk about a little bit of what you're training for next. What you're currently getting yourself into? I believe in November, right? Yeah, You've got beat coming up. Um, what what's meat is that, and you know what are some of the goals that you have here on the bench and going forward too? So the meat that we have coming up in November, um, it's through USAPL, I think it's Ricky Del Crane's um, organization because he's out of Shawnee, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, the guy that we lift for, who's a gentleman that we lift in, uh, he's just turned seventy, I think. And out of all the trophies this guy has from, like, 30 years of competing, he doesn't he have a, a lot of trophies. So yeah. I see the videos. It's yeah. lined up. Lined up. So uh, he doesn't have a team trophy. And so um, his daughter's going to compete. Her son, her two sons are going to compete. And we're going to try to get him a team trophy. So um, normally I don't do three meets in a year, especially back-to-back -back like these have been. But... If we can get him a team trophy, then so be it. Let's do it, you know. Yeah, that's really cool. So. That's uh, that's where power powerlifting acts as a team sport. Yeah. In a way, you know, it's it's it is individual, <clears throat> but if you can create a team environment within it, that's huge. You mm -hmm. can't beat that. You need uh, everyone coming together, helping each other out, and uh, that's really awesome mm -hmm. what you're doing there, trying to get them a team win. Uh, yeah. He has a lot of trophies. I'm sure they all mean a good amount to him. You know, yeah. um, there's a few that I'm I'm particularly proud of as well, um, but the rest are kind of in my basement right now. So you can definitely you can take some back with you. Know, <laughs> I, I, you know, because there's so many divisions now too. It's just like I'm getting one every meet. You know what I mean? Right. You know, everyone really is. Mm -hmm. There was a statistic uh, open powerlifting. They put up how many uh, winners and meets there have been, or how many meets or whatever. 
and half the people, it was like 500,000 people, and 250,000 that competed had won first place. It was like half. Yeah, I got the wow. statistics there and open powerlifting. Just because the divisions are so sparse. Right. I'd actually love to see them just um, unified a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I know at the, the Arnold, at least for our, our bench competition there, you're under 220, you're over 220. <laughs> and it is what it is. Real right. You know, yeah. and you win or you lose your first or you're not. Um, I like that personally. Um, you know, I would rather kind of be chasing and fighting because just when you earn something, you fight so long to earn something, and something's kept away from you for so long, it just means so much to you right. too. Um, it's like if you had to, if you were given a car versus having to work your ass off and save every year for the car, uh, I just love that feeling for having to chase after something, grind it out for a very long time. Uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. you're probably the same way, you know? Right. Uh, the reward mm-hmm. is in the work you're putting in over time. Yeah. Uh, but that statistic mm-hmm. was really kind <laughs> yeah. of my mind a little bit. Um, it's insane. Like, uh, I, I think it's good getting world records here and there. You know, uh, don't get me wrong, it's it's a pretty good feeling, right? Whenever you break some type of record. But I mean, what even federation records is right, yeah, issue. exactly. Yeah, I, I like the ones where it's the only guy to ever do that, those oh, are freaking yes. awesome. Those are sweet. Yeah. yeah, that's that's something that's the, the actual world record. You did something <laughs> that no one else ever did, right? Yeah, um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of Instagram we talk all the time. Instagram profiles, I see world record holder, and this and that. Usually little fed stuff in a specific weight class in a specific division. In a specific um, age range. And we're right. saying, you know, it's, it's something you could be proud of, but, um, you know, you, you, it's nice to have to fight and earn for something right. bigger. See, I, I think that goes into, like, the raw versus geared thing, too. You know, so you have, well, you, you hit a world record in this federation, but not in this one, so on and so forth. Then you kind of have the, well, you did it in a gear and you didn't do it raw so it mm-hmm. it kind of counts but it doesn't or whatever i think it all kind of plays together yeah in a way. yeah there's just so many ways to compete too yep that um it makes it it makes it awesome that you can just compete in so many ways mm-hmm. but, uh it does divide people a little bit too much yeah. and just the fact that there's like 50 plus different federations drives me nuts <laughs> i just want to be like one or two yeah and just have a real world championship mm-hmm. I mean, that would be awesome. There's yep. just so much division, which is unfortunate. Because uh, I'm sure if there was just one, then you would get on the sponsors, the TV things, and you know, all that would come. Just kind of like the Olympia. Right. You know, for bodybuilding. Those guys have an amazing opportunity to really make some money being sponsored and all that. Mm-hmm. And I wish that was the same for powerlifting. And more money meets. I'd love to see that. Right. You know, you work your ass off, you know, get a nice reward from it. It, it would really get you to work harder. Um, to compete like that and just the level of competition I think would rise right. tremendously. Yeah, that, that'd that be cool. Like if uh, we could get, whether it's all the federations together or whatever, but basically say, okay, so we can do something along the lines of like a football playoff. So here's all these guys and then they're going to compete and we're going to eliminate people but we get to the top five yeah. and then we go from there. Have the best of the best just drop in for a meet at the end. Yep. Yeah, I love exactly. um, how USAPL does it. I just wish everyone kind of came together and did it unified. Like mm-hmm. the regionals, moving on to the, to the different stuff, nationals and all that. Right. Um, but, you know, their nationals is like a five-day 
festival of thousands of lifters. You know, that's not a national event, but that's a money grabber. I know uh, Pioneer Fitness is trying to organize something like that. Really? They had the tribute paddle meet, or the invitation only, mm-hmm. and they tried to get like the best people they could there to just compete. Apparently, it's a great event. Huh. They're going to try to do another one. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully it moves in that direction where you have the draw, you have the event because you know they make right. uh, all the custom belts now, so they have you know some kind of draw. Yeah, yeah. So, U.S. Yep. Open. Yep. Uh, that's always really cool. That's mm-hmm. really high level competition too. Mm-hmm. Uh, big money on the line. I like seeing that stuff. Yep. Same here. So, what's your goals uh, down the road? I know you were talking about that 500 bench. You said you'd be good just hanging it up once you hit that. Yeah, yeah. That that was a game plan. So that might change up. So um, my best bench ever in a competition was um, 407 and a half. And then um, before I had surgery, like I was tripling a 450 in the gym. So like I, I think I would have been good for about a 430. 435 at the time so i once i get to that peak you know it's basically 500 and then i'm watching what the 181 pounders are doing right now and it's like yeah i don't know i want to retire but <laughs> it might not be time yet <laughs> yeah so. i mean even if you did are you truly retired i mean you're still gonna be lifting right yeah and it's yeah. like what are you, i mean you just can't back off it's really tough <laughs> it's gotta be tough yeah you know yep I'm purposely going to back off because I'm retired, quote, unquote. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, yeah. I was telling you, my, my number, I kind of always wanted to just really ride out towards that 1,000. And then I'm like, you know, once you finish that, it's, I mean, why not just go for the extra 100? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's tough to just call it quits. Yeah. Man, I've watched so many guys that um, when they call it quits, like, they don't work out ever again. You know, or if they do, they might go in and do a set of abs or something. Yeah, I did. that doesn't sound like fun to me. You know what I'd have to do probably? I'd have to transition over to something different. I'd have to do a complete different style of lifting. Yeah. You know, whatever another it may be. I don't want <laughs> right. to say it would be like CrossFit or Strongman or weightlifting. I don't want to pinpoint it, but I'd have to do something different. I've actually been intrigued by jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. lately. Maybe go a whole different route and just train for a sport again. Right. Yeah. It could be anything, but, you know, just pushing the heavy weights, I think that time would mm-hmm. go. Yeah, be yeah. like, uh, uh, who was it? It was Sean Latimer, and now I think Scott Mendelson have gone into uh, arm wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything, really, yep. just yeah. getting out of the heavy lifting. Yep. Um, you know, I always, always plan to coach. You know, i got plans to coach for, you know, as long as I'm around right now. But, um, you know, always be engaged in powerlifting. But who knows where it'll take you. don't want to write anything off. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, well, I want to thank you for, for coming on the show there. I know, uh, you know, it was really fortunate we could get you over here, do some uh, some filming, recording. Um, so definitely make sure you guys check out the YouTube. We can see some of Zach's uh, content we filmed tonight, uh, see him take some weight in the boards, and, and the things we talked about will most certainly be up there on the YouTube. Do you have anything we can follow you at? you do Instagram, Facebook, none of that? Nope. No, not at all. He's like a ghost, guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I do Facebook just so I can, you know, Facebook stalk because that's the going thing now. You know, but other than that, yeah, no. Right, so maybe you guys could stalk him back, but that's uh, he's a ghost. You ain't following him, but you can follow his content on our YouTube. We'll push some of that stuff up. I'm sure on the Instagram you get snips as well. All right. So thanks for coming cool. down again. 
Uh, and you know where to find us, you know, at Big Benches on on uh, Instagram, YouTube. Listen to this podcast, please. Five-star review helps a ton. You know, you guys sharing, all that stuff helps a ton. We really, really appreciate that. Uh, make sure you comment, too, and engage with us. Love to hear from you. At Small Arm Lake Strong. Joke is he never posts. <laughs> So no, no worries in following him. You you can, you cannot. No one cares. We're, we're, we're building it up. It's happened. It's yeah, slow right. progress. He might have got one post out during the start of this in May. All right. You have been listening to The, the Bench, Bench Cast. Cast.